And welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you happen to be around the world. And welcome to another edition of the Groovy Podcast. My name is Ken Cousin, podcasting from Marlboro, Connecticut. And today I am joined by... Jen Strader from Berlin, Germany. Welcome, Jen. It's good to see you again. And to you. So I should warn any of our current listeners or participants that uh, Jen is having some internet connectivity issues. We can always blame that on Google, you know, if you like. <laughs> or, yeah, the local, the local cable company in this case. So maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that'll get me to encourage you to talk while we have you, you know, in case you wind up. Wind yeah. up. Uh, so you're now at uh, Gradle, right? That's correct. Yeah. I started as uh, one of the developer advocates uh, back in October. And so we've been going for a few months now. I've seen you pretty active on Twitter as a dev advocate. Are you going to a lot of conferences and things? What do they have you doing? I'm not uh, going, well, I'm not going to that many events in person. Uh, I have, well, I've been ramping up a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of stuff about Gradle that I I didn't know. Uh, well, I didn't know that I didn't know. Uh, mm. And and so I, I've been learning a lot about uh, the other parts of Gradle other than the ones that I've used before and uh, doing a lot more writing uh, and asynchronous things. So we had that webinar back in November that Eric and I did. Uh, I've been working on a lot of content uh, for later in this year, uh, as well as some uh, just internal internal things and developer experience uh, things that we can we can work on. Have you worked on the user manual or anything like that? You say you're doing a lot of writing. Oh, there she very, froze. Oh, sorry, you froze there for a second. Could you say that again, please? Oh, uh, so I started at a very interesting time right when uh, Gradle 5.0 was about to be released. And mm. so there was a lot of uh, writing and, and work that needed to be done there. So I did help out with some of the user guides and release notes and restructuring of content there as I, I thought stuff was confusing. So maybe we should move it around a little bit. Uh, and just as I started going to, to some of the local meetup groups and talking with different people and uh, got, got as I got more feedback, the, the more things that we started either changing the docs directly or at least creating tickets to do so in the future. So I've noticed that group, the Dev Advocate group at uh, Gradle, has expanded. I mean, that's all under that's under Eric Wendelin still. Right. Yeah. So we we started as the uh, developer experience team, uh, right. but it's yeah. So it's Andres and I as developer advocates, and uh, Eric doing some advocacy and a lot of ex uh, developer experience. So that's Andres Almiray joined you, right? Correct. Have you had to interact with him at all, or are you just operating every a different day. <laughs> every day really so yeah. how's that going uh it's it's interesting uh we're trying to kind of figure out responsibilities and so he's only been with gradle since the beginning of january uh it's still very new uh and i guess it's it's the same problem that kind of a lot of developer experience teams uh come in with that uh the, I, I was the first one that started and then like, so we just kind of got our team together and then a new person joined. And so now we have to like uh, figure it out all over again. Mm, I understand. Uh, well, I suppose by way of a segue that uh, reminds me that our, the biggest new release to mention in our show notes this week, right. Yes. 
is uh, now Gradle did actually two releases. They did a 5.2 and then a 5.2.1. Correct. There were a couple of bug fixes that went out in that 5.2.1 release. That's the only difference there, right? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a uh, it's a point release, so just just minor things. The the big new features are actually in the five two zero line. So in the show notes, we put in stuff about the the Java platform plugin and some other stuff. Uh, is there anything in the list there that you want to say anything about? Uh, so probably the thing that is the most exciting for me is the Java platform plugin. Uh, yeah. So we the the big thing there is that uh, with Gradle now you can publish Maven bombs. Uh, and kind of dictate how you want those dependencies to be uh, in the, the project that you're publishing. So, Maven bombs. I'm, I'm, all right, now I gotta admit, I, I've, I've only used Maven to the extent that I was on a project that used Maven and therefore I had to use it. So I don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what really is a Maven bomb as opposed to just regular palms? So a, a bomb is a specific type of palm that uh, uh, I'm going to say this incorrectly, aren't I? Uh, yeah. It defines or declares dependencies. Uh, so I guess the the opposite. Uh, so for, first in, in Gradle 5.0, we added the ability to consume palms or consume bombs. So if right. another project, say Spring, for example, had a published bomb, then we could uh, or not we my my project my personal spring restocks project that i've been using uh can import that bomb and then take the dependencies that that bomb had defined uh and then uh either take them with uh so there's enforced platform which means that uh every, like you take everything as it is and then you can also if you really need to override some of those recommendations if that makes any sense. <laughs> uh, some, I mean, but that's my fault. I've, I've never really dug into it. You know what I mean? I Sooner or later I need to. And I know, of course, that the Spring people have been strong motivators for some of this because they they are very much biased in favor of Maven and they have bombs for everything. And as long as Gradle can accommodate that, that'll make life easier with them, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a bad idea. So, like, to have something defined and then then consume it, uh, it's it's a list of recommendations. Well, when I look at the the platform plugin, because it's in the user guide now, they've got a whole section on it. Um, so yeah. it talks about description of modules to be published together and a set of recommended versions for heterogeneous libraries. There's a good word for you. Uh, <laughs> a, a typical example includes the Spring Boot Bomb. I knew that was coming. And sharing a set of dependency versions between sub-projects. So I don't know, is this something that, um, it sounds like it's something for people who have an existing bomb can leverage to do some additional publishing rather than something I need to learn as a user. Is that about right? Who knows? That, that's pretty fair. Uh, I think, yeah, that's going to be most of, I mean, I, not necessarily like just open source and just like spring teams, but also people who uh, share things between modules in their own organization. I, I shouldn't be putting you on the spot like that. I didn't warn you. <laughs> no, I mean, it's uh, it's stuff I need to be up to date on. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit... Uh, weary of of saying the wrong terms still uh I, i've definitely like been a griddle user forever and this maven stuff is still a little new to me 
Well, well, just do what I do, and, and just keep in mind that you know almost nobody's listening. So you can say <laughs> yeah. whatever you like. You know, I, it'll be fine. I mean, the one thing I do know is Baruch's not going to listen to this. You know, so <gasps> I mean, really, I'll give him a hard time about it. And said, you know, we covered that on the last one. You weren't there. Did you listen? And oh, of course, I li yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, so, any rate, if if you make a mistake, I mean, again, it's a friendly community. Don't worry about it. Um, I did notice also that the thing they pointed out in the 5.2 release was that they have new C++ plugins, and there's been a big drive to do the native stuff. Do you, do you play with any of that? I, I've been trying to help with uh, some of the, the writing around this, uh, but mm -hmm. I haven't actually used the native plugins. Uh, so the thing that's kind of important here is that the plugins themselves are not really new. So they're, they've been in kind of an incubating stage for a while. Uh, we knew for a long time that we wanted these, what we're calling the, the new plugins, the new uh, model of plugins to replace the old software model plugins. And uh, so the point where we are now is that they, they got this big, uh, big improvement in 5.2 and now we're recommending them. So if you are starting a new C++ project uh, using Gradle, you should use those new plugins instead of the old ones. You know, when I, when I teach the intro class for Gradle, that's pretty much what I do with them now, you know, I, uh, officially. And then the question always comes up of how to work with native projects. And yep. the, the last few times I've taught the class, the message I've been giving them is that's all changing. Don't, you know, we're, we're not going to include that in the intro class and they yeah. read the docs and everything. And it looks like that's starting to actually come out because they've also added apparently to the build init plugin. Now you can make C++ applications or C++ libraries as well. Correct. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you should definitely read that section more in detail. Uh, there's some differentiations between uh, the different C++ uh, options that you have in building it. And the, the thing that also jumped out at me, I'm looking at the release notes now, is they've changed something about, uh, it says the new plugins do not currently support C, which is interesting, <laughs> yeah. or Objective-C, Objective-C++. Well, that I'm not not really surprised. I mean, the, the people doing Objective-C have largely moved on to uh, Swift, if I understand correctly, I mean, that's a lot of the, the iOS people, unless there's users of Objective-C outside of that. I could be wrong about that. Um, but then there's a link that says they have a lot of other things to offer, like composite build support and the build cache and all that. Oh, that, that reminds me. So the, the webinar that you did with, um, I think you did it with Eric, is that right? Correct. So that was about, uh, or was that, did you not do that one? The one about giving the Maven support now that you can do build scans and the build cache with, with Maven tasks, is that right? Okay, so uh, Eric and I did a webinar on what's new in Gradle 5 right. uh, back in November. Okay. But uh, since then, uh, the Maven team, on, or the Maven support team has given a, another a webinar uh, that it was, well, we have the video online now. Uh, cool. So if you go to gradle.com slash blog, uh, you'll see all the recent webinars and videos. And then uh, we have another training coming up related to that actually on uh, March 7th uh, that you can see on the Gradle training page, which is gradle.org slash training. That page uh, I know all about. Yeah. yeah, actually, I probably should have given you, I, I should have 
cross-referenced this in the show notes, uh, right. but I, I didn't look at the Gradle, Gradle section, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw, I saw the 5.2 release notes, but uh, yeah, we should plug the webinar or the, the training, sorry, that's coming up as well on March 7th. Yeah, I'm glancing at the training page now and, and they've got a build cache deep dive on February 21st. And then the webinar making the most out of the bill cash on the 28th. And then the one you just mentioned, the March 7th one on accelerate and optimize Apache Maven trademark builds with Gradle Enterprise. So they've, they've actually trademarked that term, huh? Uh, so Apache has some trademarks, yes. Uh, it, the, I mean, the same thing kind of applies when we talk about Groovy. So Apache, we, we should be using like Apache Groovy. Yeah, uh, right. But I, I actually don't think that they have the TM on that one, or at least I haven't been using it. Uh, but but maybe well, definitely, like if you look through all their their legal uh, legal jargon, we should be using the TM for Maven. Well, you could talk to Eric, but I mean, again, don't worry about it. Nobody's yeah. going to care. Uh, when I that does remind me of an old trademark story. Apparently, uh, when I was when I was first teaching Java, a lot of times we'd refer to JDBC, and it would always be spelled out as Java database connectivity. Except that the truth was is if you looked at the Sun site at the time. It was JDBC trademark, and it was never spelled out. It was a trademarked acronym that stood for nothing. You know, <laughs> even though we all knew it stood for Java Database Connectivity, it's clearly clearly uh, lawyers had gotten involved, which knowing Oracle is not at all a surprise. Uh, they always say their legal department is three times the size of the development <laughs> side. You know. Okay, so back to the show notes. Uh, I think that's everything in the Gradle release there. Uh, Groovy did a, a, a quick release, the 2.5.61. You notice that? And and it's according to Paul King's tweet, which I just put in a link to the tweet, what do he say? Uh, over 20 fixes for traits, static compilation, in particular class cast errors, and various regressions. So, Lots of fixes. Yeah, exactly. So that's great. I, you know, if it wasn't for Paul King, you know, it's like so. I'm so glad he's still plugging away at this yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I imagine the the focus, if if it hasn't already, will be turning to uh, to Groovy three, relatively near future. We hope so. Uh, I I've definitely been hearing lots of things about Groovy three. Uh, from the the great comp side, we of course hope that's out by the time our conference rolls around the end of May uh yeah why don't we jump to that right away i mean i know it's out of order or whatever but how are you involved in uh oh you put the mug and everything yeah, at least yeah. my participation is just that i'm wearing my micronaut shirt you know for what it's worth i did there. see that yeah, yeah I, I, don't have mine. I just i i just got my my special custom 2n gen uh micronaut shirt i'm very excited about that is that the one where you put a picture in the on the yeah tweet? It's, it, it was really hard to get a picture of it because it's, it's the normal micronaut on the front, but then the, I wanted to get the front and the back in the same shot, so I tried to use a mirror and, oh, anyway. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy and you'll just have to see it in person. <laughs> Social media. So uh, what's going on with, well, first of all, how are you involved in GreatConf? What's your participation? So I'm, I'm on the organizing committee. Uh, mm. So there's a group of, maybe 10 of us uh, that help out with various things throughout the year. Uh, in particular, I am, they, they utilize my skills as a native English speaker. Uh, so a lot of marketing and stuff, uh, tweets. Uh, I, I did that tweet stream for the CFP. Um, we just went through and uh, I think we, 
we picked speakers uh, and I think we're in the process that we haven't sent out all of the emails yet. Mm. Uh, so I, I won't reveal any secrets about uh, the things that we decided uh, until that's official. But that's the whole point of having you here is you get to reveal <laughs> secrets. In the first, uh, reveal secrets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw uh, I think I saw a tweet from them. Was it yesterday or something? Saying that they are preparing the to release the list of speakers and everything that the agenda. Right. Yeah. I mean, because the the way that it works, like you as as a conference, uh, send out the people that you accepted, and not everyone, uh, like maybe they've submitted to multiple things the same week, and so sometimes people back out, and we don't want to confirm until every everything is finalized. Uh, but once we do, we'll have the agenda up. Are you planning yeah. to speak there yourself? Uh, maybe. Maybe. We, Very good. <laughs> actually, so 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 one thing that I will say is that it was actually really difficult. Uh, normally, we go through the list and like there's there's a group of like really top talks, and then there's some things that are like okay, we're just going to reject these right away. Uh, but there were there were no talks that we rejected right away. Like everything that everyone submitted was awesome and something that I wanted to see wow. so it was really really hard to pick this year um, is, is the location the same i mean i know it's in copenhagen but is it that same technical university and yep yeah uh so the I, itu uh is the university where we have the conference and it's been there for several years it's a really good venue uh i mean the it's it's one of the more high-tech universities in denmark so they have a lot of really nice it systems and the auditoriums and Kind of it works as a as a nice space uh and since it's a university and not a big conference center it's uh, a little bit less expensive oh okay and also of course they they don't have a lot of restrictions on the wi-fi or things like that uh, which tends to go with academic environments they they rather i should say it the other way that a lot of academic environments do not restrict the wi-fi don't have a lot of block sites and things like that so i don't know yeah, if that's I haven't or not. That. um the, Sorry? They are pretty, I, I haven't run into any issues with blocking particular mm -hmm. websites. Um, I, we, we do have individual logins for the university system. And so when you get your, your badge at Greek Comfy, you, you have to like have a personal login. And I'm sure that they're making sure you're not doing anything illegal because that's, there's a lot of stricter laws about that in Europe. Oh. Um, yeah. So the actually we didn't say the dates yet. So the the dates according to what I understand. Oh, I got to take out the call for papers deadline. Uh, the dates are May twenty seventh through 29th. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, it's always that same week number. Uh, this year it's a little like all all entirely in May uh, from the twenty seventh to the 29th. Okay. And is there anything else you want? To, oh, I guess we should say something to the effect that the sad news of course that uh great confidence yeah. us is no longer not going to happen this year okay that is, that is the bummer yeah uh yeah i mean we we saw it kind of dwindling yeah. year over year and it, it takes a, a lot of energy to run a conference and uh a lot of it, it takes a lot to admit that it, it's time to to shut it down. Um, well, last so year, I really respect them for that. The attendance was so very low last year. You know, there really wasn't, uh, there weren't a lot of people there. There, I managed to take out the, I took out the 
call for paper deadlines for Greach and not Great Comp. That figures. That's what happens when I, I was trying to listen to you. So that's good, right? You know, yeah. Uh, while doing this at the same time, you know, um, multitasking. Yeah, hopefully Great Comp will be back in the U.S. or there'll be something. I what I'm wondering is whether that affected the number of submissions you got. You know, that suddenly that um, we. You know, whether that led to an increase in, hopefully it'll lead to a, an increase in attendance, if nothing else, as well. Yeah, so we definitely hope that uh, people that are from the U.S. Uh, will will come to Europe. Uh, it's a really nice trip. Uh, that's It's one of the first trips that I ever made uh, out mm. of the U.S. Uh, and then decided that I like Copenhagen so much that I wanted to move there, of course. Mm. Um, so I definitely recommend it as a trip uh, to visit from the U.S., and hopefully uh, we'll get some yeah speakers from from everywhere too. Uh, so I imagine we'll be you'll be tweeting about the the, the lineup and the keynotes and all that stuff in the, over the next week or so. I imagine. Yes. Yeah. When once it's all confirmed and uh, yeah, usually Soren will will start tweeting with that. Um, but okay. I'll, I'll I'll definitely promote it. Yeah, he likes to do else. that. Yeah, and and of course, hopefully, hopefully the U.S. one starts up again in the future. Um, maybe one day if I go back to Minnesota. <laughs> right, right. Well, the, um, the in the meantime, of course, the the next major thing in the U.S. that's going to be regarding Groovy at all is DevNexus, or as they're referring to it now, DevNexus Two GM. Right. <laughs> It's a, a masterpiece in marketing. I, I just can't believe it. So Groovy. Now the question is, of course, is 2G. Is that Groovy and Grails? Is that Groovy and Gradle? You know, is that Groovy and, and Griffin? Um, who knows, right? Yeah. I mean, I oh. don't think it's Gradle. There's not too much Gradle content there. Yeah, that's too um, bad, actually. Yeah. Uh, of course, we know the M part is Micronaut. And that, that was partly a segue. By the way, for the people who are who might be listening, that's probably our next groovy podcast is that uh, Baruch and I will both be at Dev Nexus. So I imagine we'll find an hour so that we can grab some people who are attending and see if we can do some kind of podcast from there. You're, you're not coming to Dev Nexus, are you? I'm not, but Andres will be there. So you should grab him. Yeah, we did last year and we probably should again this year after all, that'd be a good idea. Uh, but that was also my, roundabout segue to say that the other big release this week or if you will or the recently is uh, micronaut so micronaut brought out a 1.0.4 release where they modularized everything so for, if i understand this correctly it they turned it into a core module and a bunch of sub projects so that they can all evolve those independently uh, i didn't know that it wasn't already modularized but apparently it was not and then as I put the show notes together, was it last night, this morning, yesterday, they announced the Milestone 1 release of Micronaut 1.1, which seems to add a bunch of deployment stuff like uh, AWS API gateways and Grawl and a whole bunch of other stuff related to that. Have you done anything with Micronaut yet at all? Uh, nothing past like the basic tutorials. Yeah. So I, I mean, we tried to prove a concept, uh, before the, the last job, but, uh, I wasn't directly involved with that. Uh, and then now I've been doing a bunch of different things and not as much, uh, engineering. 
Well, if I understand correctly, in addition to having a tutorial day at DevNexus, they're also going to have an actual two-day training class run by Graham Roche, nice. if, I, if, if I get that correctly. And you know what? I was on the Micronaut website. It probably has something about it there, uh, micronaut.io. And I guess the easiest thing would be to go, oh, maybe events. That might be the way to go. Um, Dev Nexus 2GM training event, Micronaut from IoT to GCP. So presumably that's Google Cloud Platform, right? Yeah, probably, I, I suspect. I so, assume so. So that's March 4th and 5th, and it doesn't say who at the moment, but from what I understood, oh, that one says James Clee, actually. Huh, I thought the tweets were saying that uh, Graham was going to be involved in that. Maybe that's changed. I don't know. Uh, so at any rate, that'll be a chance to uh, learn more about that for anybody who happens to be interested. Okay. Yeah, I haven't spent much time with Micronaut yet either. I'm thinking it's probably time. You know, I, I don't think I'll be there early for that training class, but I'll be at the conference. So I'm going to go to some of the Micronaut talks. I mean, I've mostly just seen Graham's presentation and Jeff Brown as well and, you know, how they put it to use, but I haven't actually done it myself yet. And since it's a, uh, since it's still growing, it's probably worth uh, talking about. Yeah, but, I mean, it's it's definitely an interesting concept, uh, and they're they're hitting a lot of really good target markets, uh, and supporting a lot of different platforms. Uh, I just haven't had a use case to use it. Yeah, well, the the uh, other feature of Micronaut, of course, which makes it somewhat controversial to bring it up on the Groovy podcast is that it supports Java and what's your over under on the first mention of Kotlin because oh, no. there it is. Right? <laughs> it's Kotlin. Yeah. Uh, so apparently they support that too, you know. Uh, but they actually one of the interesting things about Micronaut from the Groovy point of view is that in Grails 4, which a lot of OCI attentions turned to recently, they will be taking a lot of the Micronaut infrastructure and replacing some spring-related things in Grails with that. They're going to be leveraging the Micronaut advances they've made inside of Grails, and, and that'll be a big deal in Grails 4. Yeah, I mean, and they've been talking about that for uh, over a year now, that uh, when, especially, I mean, in that first keynote uh, about Micronaut, it was always to, like, make it for Grails 4. Mm. I think we're we're a little behind schedule, but uh, it's still still amazing that they they've made such progress. Well, the the next news item is one that's probably closer to things that you do more frequently. They uh, apparently Codenark had a new release as well. Uh, yeah. You you were a big Codenark user, but you did a lot of uh, well. Actually, why don't you say it? What did you do? Uh, so I. I tend to contribute to Codenark kind of in spurts when I have time. Uh, I have like this long list of things that I want to see in Codenark and not as much time to actually do them. Uh, and so things like when I go to Hacker Gardens at Great Comfy U, I tend to pull that list out. Uh, so this 1.3 release is actually not anything that I contributed to, uh, but it's still very exciting in lots of other ways. So there's, there's lots of improvements uh, and new rules related to Javadocs and uh like just a, a long list of of new contributions and new contributors so it, it's exciting uh from that perspective yeah and it's funny i, I saw oh sorry uh 
I'll have I to update all my projects. <laughs> ah, okay. I, I mean, I, what I was going to say, and we're, you know, it's the asynchronous nature of this thing. Um, I didn't see it like a, uh, what do you call it, a release notes link or anything like that. All I saw was the tweet that said it had been updated. So I just put in the basic link to CodeNARC. Did you see a list of uh, release notes or anything like that? Yes. Well, so I th uh, there's a few different things that happen. So there's a CodeNARC mailing list, uh, oh. which you should join if you haven't. And uh, Chris, who's the project lead of CodeNARC, also posted to the Groovy mailing list uh, with the announcements again? related to the release. I'm sorry. Who's the head of the project there? Oh, Chris Mayer? Meyer? Um, it, he, yeah, we, we don't know him outside of CodeNARC. Um, if you look at his GitHub profile, that's uh, it, it's that and Gmetrics and some of the other static analysis things uh, that he, he maintains and has taken over over the years. Uh, Let's see. Oh, and uh, it, it's also part of the project itself. So if you go to CodeNARC yeah. on GitHub, uh, there's a a very like, and that's actually so one of the smoothest contribution uh, processes that I've like ever done. They like when you start a a new rule or a contribution for CodeNARC, like there's this uh, executable that like prompts you for all of the things, and then it like updates the release notes and in, in like you, you have to go through all of those things. So it's it's actually really well documented in that way. Well I drilled into the the actual files there and I see that inside there they've got the it must be the readme or whatever, but it's showing the new rules that have been added to it and updated enhanced rules and bug fixes. So there's a list there. I just didn't see a formal write up of anything that, you know, to try to say, oh, this is why you need to upgrade this one. Right, so I think that was what was posted to the mailing list. Oh, okay, okay. But it's—I oh, mean, it's—it's it's pretty much a summary of the of the readme. Okay, so you—you're uh, a fan, though. You've been using CodeNARC for a while, right? Yeah, and I like the time that I spent in Copenhagen uh, was about contributing to CodeNARC and getting a better idea of how it worked. So, yeah, def good. definitely a fan. So 1.3 came out recently. Take a look at it, you know, to whoever, and and it's a very nice, uh, powerful system. It is. Okay, back to the notes here. I think that was all the the releases that I saw. There wasn't a Grails release or anything that I'm aware of. And yeah. I'm trying to think of any other major project in the ecosystem. I mean, you talk to Andres all the time. I assume if there had been a a uh, a uh, Griffin release, he would have said something about it. Yeah, I mean, he did actually do a decent uh, interview with Ser Sergio uh, on his Groovy Calamari podcast about. Oh my! Griffin, and I learned some things about the history of Griffin. Um, so, shout you know, out to that. <laughs> I want I want to listen to the Groovy Calamari podcast. I do, and the problem is is that I only can listen to it online. I, it's not listed in my Google Podcasts, uh, and I don't do the, the Apple stuff. You know, I don't have an iPhone or anything. So I was on a long plane ride recently, and I thought, okay, I'll catch up on podcasts. And, you know, I couldn't. And I, you know, I blame Sergio for that, frankly. You know, yeah. And I, the other thing about that, by the way, just to, to in case Sergio happens to be listening, where are your show notes? I can't find them. I mean, they're not linked on the Groovy Calamari podcast homepage or anything, and unless I'm missing something obvious. So, at any rate, I'm a couple podcasts behind on the Groovy 
calamari one and i do want to listen to that and i i will catch up eventually but he keeps giving us a hard time so we have to at least push back a little bit on that i guess the and the one thing that i didn't realize is that so when when he first announced it he said it was going to be in spanish but actually at least the ones that i've listened to are all in english so it's it's totally all accessible the other thing he announced by the way in that first podcast is there were going to be 30 minutes or shorter and he hasn't had one 30 minutes <laughs> yeah you know, I, I, I think mean, we know a little bit about that. <laughs> well, yeah, but at least we didn't come out and say we were going to be 30 minutes shorter. You know, he he did. Now, of course, that means if we bring that up, then and to be fair, we should mention that Greech is on the way. Are, are you going to Greech? Yeah. Do you know? No, no. Um, we, we So we do have two Griddle engineers going to Greech. So Andres, obviously, who's going to give a keynote in a workshop on Griddle plugins. Mm. And then uh, Felipe is giving a talk about uh, how we use CI at Griddle. So Greech is March 28th through 30th, and I'm looking here and I see, of course, they've got the parallel tracks with the track one is the microservices and JVM frameworks, and track two is Android tests and JVM langs. And I really wish I could go. I really probably should have submitted, and I, I in the end, I wimped out because I have a, a no-fluff commitment that that's blocking the same weekend, except there's a chance I won't even go. I mean, it was just at any rate. Uh, but I see that Graham Roche will be there and Guillaume Laforge will be there. And um, Antonio Leva, I've wanted to talk to for a while. He He's listed there as a Kotlin expert, but what he really does, he's an Android guy. You know? Yeah, there, there's a bit of overlap between those two. Yes, well. Between Android and, the Android and Kotlin communities. And then I see Andres up there uh, being listed. And uh, Mercedes Weiss, uh, Oracle Groundbreaker Ambassador. Do you know that that's what they've changed our name to? Did you know that? Oh, instead of the Java Champions? I know. I, well, the Java Champion, or... fortunately, Java Champion is still Java Champion. But they okay. had a title called Oracle Developer Champion, okay? okay? And at the last meeting, the big meeting that happened at the conference formerly known as Java One, <laughs> You know, yeah. they announced that the new name of the program was going to be Oracle Groundbreaker Ambassador. Groundbreaker Ambassador. Okay, because there's the Groundbreaker Awards too. Yeah, right? that's different, right? And Groundbreaker that's Award, right. that's okay. cool. You know, that's what Graham won and deservedly so, and that's phenomenal. No, 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 we are Groundbreaker Ambassadors. And I didn't want to say it out loud, but I'm like, I don't want to be a groundbreaker ambassador. I don't even want to be in this program anymore if that's what you're going to call it. I mean, that's embarrassing, <laughs> right? I mean, I'm not it's even cool. a groundbreaker. I'm a groundbreaker ambassador. And it's like, come on. And so at the end of the year, in order to maintain your status with them, you have to uh, fill out some form to say what you did during the year. And because um, you're supposed okay. to be talking about Oracle's cloud product. You ever use Oracle's cloud product? Uh, maybe several years ago. Uh, wait, wow. oh no, but that would have been pre-cloud, right? Um, so I don't right. think I've used the cloud product, no. Yeah, well, neither does anybody else. I mean, well, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I mean, it's not a big part of the marketplace. I mean, you either use yeah. Amazon or you use Google or you use Azure, you know, you use Microsoft. But at any rate, the, I said, I mean, so really it opens up the question, why be a groundbreaker ambassador in the first place, which was my question when they talked to me, because they, 
the the head of the program approached me because I was a Java champion. Said, "You want to be a groundbreaker?" Well, she didn't say that. She said, "You want to be an Oracle developer at champion?" I said, "What? What's that about?" She said, "Well, we'll give you travel funds to Java One." And I'm like, "Okay." You know, so I thought okay. that would be good. And therefore I did the application and everything. Uh, but now they've changed the name. And as I say, I was filling out the form and they want you to upload your slides to demonstrate that you did at least talk about the Oracle cloud product, you know, and oh, I, I uploaded my slides, intense. but I didn't talk about the Oracle cloud product. And now I'm waiting to see if they just let me ride, you know, for the coming year or whatever. But any rate, the, the reason I went off on that tangent is apparently a an Oracle groundbreaker ambassador will be at the uh, Greech conference there, and they've got a picture of her and everything, and and that's good, I guess. I mean, I mean, all the people I've met have been fine. That's not even that's not the issue. I don't mean to imply anything there. It's just that no. I just don't like the title anymore. Any rate, Greech is uh, March twenty eighth through thirtieth, and that looks to be really good. And I kind of wish I was going, but I'm afraid I won't be. Yeah, I mean, in so Mercedes is actually giving talks like it, it's several different European conferences. Um, oh, you so know Mercedes? I'm sorry, I, I haven't met her yet, um, but I've seen her name now on a lot of different conferences that we're tracking for Gradle, uh, oh, and, okay. or or have submitted to. So, so she's very active then. That's good. Yeah. Um, Speaking of conferences, might as well finish that out because we listed De DevNext as 2GM, which is March 6th through 8th. So that's just, uh, I guess, three weeks away from this now. And great comfy, you, of course, we've talked about now and Greech. And then it turns out the Micronauts Summit has been delayed. They, from what I understand, you know, that's run by Dave Klein and his, you know, brood there. Klein Family Production. Yeah, the Klein bottle, as it were. You know, I... Um, any rate, so they apparently decided that it was too early for a dedicated conference for Micronaut. And the other issue from what I gather is that, of course, OCI is going to be playing a big role in that. I mean, obviously. And it's relatively close. You know, having it in April would be very, very close to DevNexus. So both of those made it a very logical thing to delay that into the fall. But from what I understand, they, there will be one in the fall on that. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes more sense. I mean, there's a lot of events in the spring right now. Mm. Uh, and at least from like my perspective, it was really hard to argue that we should go to Chicago for like the one day uh, for a, a, such a small event. So maybe by, by the fall, uh, it'll be something that we can do. Okay, so looking at our blogs and other post stuff, um, I did see that statistics tweet. Now, Baruch always has a very low regard for download numbers. You know, he seems to think that just because a download number is high doesn't have any significance. I I would say that it's an imperfect measure of interest, but it is still interesting that uh, apparently the tweet said, see, who is the tweet from? Oh, I grabbed it off the Apache Groovy Twitter feed that just said that Groovy was downloaded 30 million times during the last quarter of 2018 and crossed 100 million downloads uh, for the whole year. So that sounds good to me. I mean, it still sounds like it's it's very active and and going on. I mean, the, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, download numbers are download numbers. Uh, yeah. We we deal with that at Gradle too. That the the numbers fluctuate sometimes, and it's hard to explain why. Um, 
and like there's always the is is it a ci like the ci downloading every time or right. like what is it actually coming from uh i mean so the fact that like there is still some downloads is nice uh and it, it definitely shows that people are still using it the uh groovy is still alive so that i mean from that perspective it's nice uh, well, that led to the other, you know, if you if you care about any of these sorts of things, the one that you added in today about or yesterday about uh, Groovy being back in the top 20 of the Tyobi index. Yeah, I actually so I, I linked to a particular one that I found very colorful. And uh, so it, it's from uh, Jack Center. Yeah. And uh, I, I really liked the description of Groovy. There are so many puns. It's awesome. So you should you should check out that one article. Um, and Groovy's electric slide back into yeah. the top twenty. <laughs> oh my goodness! There, there's lots of very colorful language, so um, it, it's it's kind of funny, and uh, yeah. But I mean, it, it's really nice that uh, we're back on the TOB index. Um, of course, you can't take too much uh, stock in that because uh, their their metrics are not not great um, and always changing. And apparently that put Groovy just ahead of Swift, interestingly enough, and just behind Go. But all of those are behind Visual Basic. So again, what are you gonna, you know, yeah. what are you gonna say? <laughs> the the interesting fact, of course, just as a reminder, is that the we're talking about one percentage of the market or something. You know, we're talking about very small numbers. Interestingly enough, what I do not see in the top 10 is Kotlin, right? No, it's in the I think top 50. Um which, yeah. Interesting. I didn't go I mean, on to go look at the details there. Yeah, TypeScript has taken a nosedive and some of the other, it's interesting. So, um, but at any rate, SQL joined the Tyobi chart after it became Turing complete. <laughs> oh, yeah, and like I said, that that one article is actually really awesome. So yeah. you should, if, if you're going to read anything about the Tyobi index, read that one. Okay, so um, I've got it open. That'll be, I'll take a look afterwards. Yeah. Okay. Um, our good friend, Virtual Dogbert, better known as Tucker Pelletier, right? Uh, you want to say anything about his Enterprise Groovy plugin? Uh, so he he actually pinged us on Twitter earlier today uh, mm. about a few things that he's been doing. So uh, first, it's really awesome that he's been so active and picked up uh, a lot of work in the Groovy community. Hmm. and is creating some of these libraries. The one that I think is interesting that I wanted to talk about is the Enterprise uh, Groovy plugin. So I assume that the... means it, it runs on Starships, right? <laughs> sorry, sorry, go ahead. I, I just couldn't uh, I mean, it goes to Spock, right? Um, Very good. Anyway, uh, yeah, yes, yeah, I wonder. I actually haven't looked too much in detail, but I've I've read the summary, and so I think it's a really good idea. The idea with this plugin is that it sets up some like presets for things that you want to do in a large Groovy uh, system. So things like uh, turning on compile static by default, uh, having some like predefined structure to your like builds, um, and yeah. So I think we linked to the documentation there. And he's he's looking for feedback, so that's the the major reason why he pinged us. Uh, so if you have a chance to use it and give him feedback before he does the official release, uh, he would greatly appreciate it. Yeah, I'm trying to. He, what he doesn't have in that documentation is the elevator pitch. You know, for why are we using this? What's it for? Uh, but of course, it's not formally released yet, right? I mean, it's um, it's still in, a, in RC. 
Yeah, it's in an RC, right? Right, 1.0 RC2 apparently. So uh, again, his introduction does say, what is it? One of the biggest complaints about Groovy is that it's a dynamically compiled language and that it's, whoop, wrong, it's, any rate, optional static compilation fields bolted on. The enterprise Groovy plugin, again, Spock has to be related, right? Yeah, that's that very <laughs> good. Uh, fixes this by making static compilation the default and gives you configuration for optional enforcement. And that's about it. It's, uh, they, because they have a large team of junior developers, this is where the enterprise Groovy plugin comes in, giving the tools to rein in some of the dynamic power, but whitelist it where it is needed. So, okay. So and an it looks project. like you're right. And it's your classic uh, ASCII doc document. I mean, if somebody oh, writes yeah. an ASCII doc, yeah, you could just see, right? The, the, um, the style guide, yeah. The Gradle docs are ASCII doc now, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, if you're talking to you, like we have, we have lots of documentation now. So, so anytime right, you see right. the documentation, I'm like, oh, which one? <laughs> um, yeah. That's but, fair. Yeah. And, and it's all like custom at this point. Okay. So uh, now we can tell Tucker that we mentioned it, which is good because I think he wanted me to mention it the last one and I completely missed it somehow. And so, sorry. So we, we played it up this time and hopefully that'll help. Okay, so the other thing, uh, Guillaume Laforge, of course, uh, put up a nice little blog post, which is actually surrounding a video that he that was released from last year's Great Conf. So this was posted in January on machine learning APIs with Apache Groovy. Yeah, that was an interesting talk. Oh, you I went to that? Good. Yeah. So he's got the video there. He also had the slides. I skimmed through the slides, and it's basically using Groovy to invoke all the different uh, Google APIs, things like vision and video and natural language processing and speech and on and on. Uh, so that looked very interesting. So you had a good time at that one? Uh, I mean, it was interesting. I, again, don't have a use case to actually try it, but mm. it looked looked fun. Yep. And at any rate, so we put the video there, the link there. And of course, anything from Guillaume LaForge, we really, uh, is a good idea to emphasize anyway. And then the other one I saw, a couple other links. One was this, this post by, I don't even remember who it was, because uh, it doesn't have a name on it. I mean, it's, a, it's oh. this one in the data science central, this thing called best dynamically typed programming language for data analysis. And you think, well, that's restricting it pretty tightly, except of course the major competitor there, the dominant language for data processing these, or data, not processing, but data, um, well, analysis, I guess, would well, be scientific libraries and everything. Yeah. Pardon Python me? Are, I mean, you've got lots of competition in that space. But I mean, for a dynamically typed one, I guess the big competition would be Python, right? Right, yeah, Python is probably what you're looking for. I was like in the Python world, by the way, because you get all this pushback in the Java world against dynamic typing. They always say, no, it's uh, the pendulum has swung so far toward the static typing side on that, that uh, people who code in like closure don't even really speak up anymore because they don't want to hear it, you know? And uh, what, what always gets me is that of course, Python and JavaScript are probably two of the biggest used languages in the world, and they're both dynamically typed. And it's the Python people who have the best phrase about that. Did, did you study Python at all? I did in university. 
Yeah, right. And they said, um, you know, somebody would say, well, but that could lead you into problems. You could assign the wrong thing to the wrong type and everything. And the phrase they use, and, and they, it's almost official at this point, is okay. we're all adults here. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, that's what they say. So it's like, if that's going to cause problems, don't do that. You know, and you're like, oh, okay. But at any rate, this article was about comparing, let's see, what did they say? It was an interesting discussion on execution time of a simple Monte Carlo algorithm that calculates a pi value, and it was part of a Stack Overflow thread. Uh, this webpage lists implementations in Java, Python, Groovy, JRuby, of course, so you can compile Ruby into Java, Jython, same thing. And that even though Java language was the most performant, uh, they said that the most performant dynamically typed implementation was Groovy. You know, they said the execution of the Groovy script on the JDK nine showed the same speed as for Java on the same thing. You can use dynamically typed language, and still the execution of the code could be as fast as for a full blown Java app uh, without the the static typing that slowed it down a bit, you know, I mean, if they, if they didn't put compile static on there, but if they did, they did really well. And Python was like 10 times slower, interestingly enough, although they can optimize using some of their libraries like PyPy. But at any rate, it was uh, interesting to see Groovy show up in an unexpected domain. I thought like that. Okay, so uh, any rate, I put the link in there. And then the other one that came up, have you seen this one, the Grawl image with Groovy and Grape there? Yeah, we've been talking about that one uh, a lot. And oh. it seems really interesting. Um, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll hear more from, from him soon. Uh, do you know how to pronounce the like, name? Like, I think the first name is Simon. Well, I got his name, but I I, I found it. I had to dig a little okay. bit. Uh, Simon or Simon, cool. S-Z-Y-M-O-N, and then Stepniak, I presume. I mean, I don't know, but uh, you say you've been, you say we've been talking about it. Who's we in that context? Oh, in, uh, I think it came up in like the Groovy Slack. It came up uh, in things we're looking at with Gradle and developer advocacy, but it's, of course, it isn't using Gradle in this context, uh, but I think there's there's someone working on uh, taking, like, going beyond this and using it within Gradle, too. Now, like, for those not, who are not... Like, as a Gradle plugin. Okay. Uh, for those who are not aware, Grawl is... Actually, this does look to be a good product. Uh, that is a virtual environment that's running on... Uh, on the cloud, and it is uh, optimized to the point where it's incredibly fast. Uh, a lot of the Micronaut people do demos of deploying Micronaut to Grawl, and they get, you know, the record speeds. You know, things of startups of, you know, a few hundred milliseconds or something like that, incredibly fast. So this article talks about uh, deploying a Groovy script using Grape dependencies. So yeah, not Gradle as you said, uh, onto Grawl. And it looked actually a bit more complicated than I would have liked. But then again, Grawl's not even officially 1.0 yet either. Yeah. But they built that native image, and then they found all the errors they had, and they corrected them by 
uh, doing cabal statics and, and all kinds of stuff. And I get the bottom line was, is that they said uh, the average execution time was like a, like 200 milliseconds or something. And the best recorded time is 151 milliseconds. And it was, and most of that was network latency, but it was extraordinary. They, they'd reduced the total execution time from 1.7 seconds to 0.2 using almost the same script. And it, Look very impressive there. So again, it's just anything that that can run Java can eventually be made to run Groovy. Just maybe sometimes it takes a little bit of effort. Yeah. Well, in since it's like, I mean, at least the what I've heard about Chrome is that uh, you can use it on lots of different platforms. So it's not just about uh, like the JVM, but expanding out even further. Yeah, they always talked about that as a mechanism for cross-language communication as well. Yeah, as, as you say, so you could actually communicate with different languages across this crawl runtime or whatever. And, and it's another one of those things on my list to keep an eye on and eventually look at, but I still haven't dug into it yet. I, I prefer to wait until something's actually a 1.0 you know, before that happens. Yeah, that's true. Now, okay. that's I think that's everything I had. Did you see or is there anything else you wanted to bring up or anything else you could think of uh you want to plug your newsletter and so oh. i can plug mine too right <laughs> oh you have a newsletter now so i i okay so one of my responsibilities is helping with the gradle newsletter ah. uh, so newsletter.gradle.com right and uh we should have a new edition in the next day or two um and so you should check it out and subscribe well, that the Gradle newsletter I have been very impressed with for a long time. And when I was working with Gradle, I actually was one of the people working on that. And fortunately, Eric took it over and did so much better than I did. I mean, but then again, he knew all the goings on inside of Gradle, made a huge difference. Um, so he's done a fantastic job with that. And to hear that that's going to continue and grow. And uh, so again, the, the link is it's newsletter.gradle.com. Is that right? Oh, sorry, you hit a little bit of an echo there on your internet. Connectivity. Sorry, sorry. It's not you, it's the internet. Oh, wow. But yeah, I see that there's a February issue out, uh, February 2019 on the Gradle 5.2 release and upcoming Maven trading and everything. But that I think is one of those, those uh, resources that a lot of people are not as aware of as they ought to be. I really have been very pleased with the Gradle newsletter, and I'm glad we got a chance to to push that. Um, my own little newsletter is the one that's, um, I guess we put it in the notes there because I left it in from last time, but it's, uh, I call mine Tales from the Jar Side, and it's uh, tinyletter.com slash cousin IT. So at any rate, that's in there if anybody's interested, but that's all just very personal. It's, it's a company newsletter for a one-person company. So that's good. Uh, I spent last week, by the way, working at a company where they were still on Grails 2.5, which is really old now, but they had no choice. Yeah. It's a, that banner product and it's locked into the old thing. And boy, it was it was hard doing things like, well, no, this is this is old, but there's a fix for it, but you have to use the you have to use Grails 3 to do it. And you know, yeah. very frustrating. A, yeah. But the, in the migration from 2.5 to 3.0 is not fun. No, so I, I can really empathize with them wanting to stay on two five, but uh, it's it's like such a an open risk to stay there too. Yeah, uh, I mean, like it, you said, like it's it's end of life. Like the 
the bug fixes are all in threes, like. Well, and nobody's maintaining any of the older plugins either. I mean, the yeah. plugins have all moved to version three as they should, you know. And of course, the biggest difference between two and three in Grails was the move to the Gradle build system, which meant mm -hmm. revamping the project structure. And and of course, everything flowed from that. So it was a big deal. And, and boot. So you could use like lo lots of lots of plugins just stopped because there was already a Spring Boot uh, alternative and you can just add it in. And that's getting to be several years ago now, too. I mean, it's been a while it since is, all yeah. that happened. So, But at any rate, no, I'm glad we mentioned the, the great old newsletter because that really is good. And are, were you implying that there was a new hire who was going to take over on that? Or is that, is that what you're trying to say? Oh, no, I do it. Oh, it sounded like you said somebody else is good. Okay, I think that's probably where the I'll, I'll blame the internet garble there. Oh, sorry. That. So you're gonna are you doing it now or are you taking I it? I started over? it. The first one I did was October, so everyone since October has been me. And you've I mean, done an awesome job. Thank you. <laughs> I uh, well, I mean, it's it's obviously a team effort. Like I start it and then draft it, and then we we all get reviews and feedback and everything. Oh, the heck with so, those guys. You're the yeah. one doing it. That's so, I. Yeah, so I, I definitely care a lot about the community stuff. Um, so I started doing a tweet of the month. Uh, so if you want to be my tweet of the month, let me know. Uh, and I I started including a lot more events. So in uh, particularly, I tried to do now content in foreign languages, uh, which is why oh. I was tweeting about it yesterday. So. I guess I should mention that on that page, the newsletter.gradle.com site, where not only can you sign up, they also, and this I guess is a standard now, is that you're, you keep the last six issues available on that site. Uh, yes, there should be a link either from that one or from the, the blog to go even further back in history. Uh, but we just keep those, uh, at the top. So probably oh. not on newsletter.com. Okay. Uh, there's also the blog. And so if you, oh, more newsletter posts. Oh, no. Okay. Well, I should, I should recommend we fix that. <laughs> so, oh, you found something? I, uh, yeah, sorry. I don't think you can get past the last six um, and okay. you really should have an archive somewhere or maybe I just don't know where it is. And then we need to link to it better. Might be so, useful. But I mean, they're really good as they are. And, and just, you don't have to go very far back to go, Oh yeah, I want to subscribe to this, you know? So I definitely recommend that. And of course, since you've been writing it since October, you know, that's, that's another good sign. Thank you. Okay. I think that's everything. I don't have anything else to you. Uh, no, we, we've covered a lot. Uh, we should give Baruch a hard time somehow. I mean, I guess I already have a little bit, but uh, yeah. Baruch is uh, I mean, off at a bunch of conferences this week and next week. He's traveling all over the world. Yeah, as like, he does. Hmm? So spring is the, well, it's not quite spring yet, but uh, it's spring season mm. uh, for conferences is really jam packed. Yeah. And, you know, it's always, I, I got to say, I'd rather have you here anyway, you know. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I appreciate that you were available. Uh, thank you very much for for filling in uh, at the relatively speaking last minute like that. We've got your Twitter handle of the newsletter. You're still code generator, right? Yeah, yeah. A E N N there, right? And I know you'll be very active, and and I'll see Baruch again at Dev Nexus. At which point he can say, "Thank goodness you were there to to take over for all this," and <laughs> yeah. you know. As he will. The the next event where someone could see me is Javaland. So there's a the German conference in Brühl. Uh, it's at a, a 
amusement park. So that'll be oh, fun. Wow. Uh, and that is the middle of March. So that's my next scheduled talk. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Thank you for that. And we will have a, at least we'll have a podcast before Greg Kampf and Greech, well, before Greech really. And, and we'll play that up again and we'll talk about those. So uh, thank you very much. And as soon as we stop this, then we, the, it'll start going on to YouTube and then we'll convert it to the, to the audio file and send that out to everybody. And we'll, we'll talk to you uh, as soon as we can. Okay. You take care. Bye everyone.